Hello and welcome to Education in Focus. This is Brennan Clary, K-12 editor at Chalkboard News, standing in for Dan McCaleb. Here with me today is Tom Gantert, who is a contributor to Chalkboard News frequently, and he's also the investigative editor at the Center Square. So, Tom, today we are talking about a poll that was from the Center Square, so this is appropriate, right? The Voters' Voice poll, which was conducted by Noble Predictive Insights, and it found that Americans are more dissatisfied than satisfied with the quality of education at their local public school. It also had interesting results about how Americans feel about school choice. So I want to get into both of those those topics today. And I'd love to have, you know, a conversation about what that means, especially going into the 2024 election cycle. I mean, we've already seen in some, you know, Republican primary debates that candidates are fired up about education. So I, I'm uh, interested, what do you think is going on with this? And I'd love to hear your position and what you've kind of learned from the coverage. And I, I can talk about it as well. But just from your angle, what are you seeing in the you know education polling that was done for the center square? Well, start with uh, the poll on dissatisfaction with public schools, education. Like 41% were dissatisfied and 39% were satisfied. And and so you ask yourself, well, what would they be dissatisfied about? And I'll give you a really good example. Detroit Public Schools. Okay. So there is a, a testing called the NAEP. It's done every two years. And the it, Nation's Report Card. Right. Right. Called the Nation's Report Card. It was done in 2009, 2011, 2013, 2015, 2017, 2019, and 2022. In every one of those years, Detroit Public Schools finished last. Okay. So they were dead last among the, the largest school districts that, that are evaluated. Now, from 2017 to 2021, Detroit Public Schools' total funding went from $621 million in 2017 to $841 million in 2021. So it went up $220 million in four years, okay? Yet they're still finishing dead last, despite the increase in funding. The other thing is, is the school district has historically rated the last three, four years that 40% of its teachers are considered highly effective, and the other 59% are effective. The two other, the two lowest categories, which would be minimally effective and ineffective, were about 1% combined. So what you have is a school district that's uh, academic results are among the worst in the country, that's getting more and more money, and thinks that its teachers are, you know, doing significantly better than the rest of the state in terms of teachers. So there's kind of a lack of accountability there. And that's kind of a good example of what people are frustrated about. You know, when when you yeah. when you look at some of the nationwide, you know, the headlines were that in June that 13-year-olds in the nation's report card uh, testing had some of the lowest math and reading scores in decades. So, and we know they're getting more money. So I think there's a lack of accountability that's leading to some of that frustration. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Another, you know, interesting thing from that poll was by party, you know, that Republicans express much higher dissatisfaction than 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 Democrats and and Mike Noble who, you know, was interviewed for this and and the founder and CEO of Noble Predictive Insights, which conducted the the polling, you know, he said that the issue is flipped depending on who's in power, essentially. So Republicans think that, be, you know, because a Democrat is in the White House, then education, uh, they will 
sort of rate is going in the wrong direction. So that's that's interesting thing that, that he pointed out is that, you know, there is sort of this flip flop and that, you know, that occurs when the White House changes from Republican to Democrat and vice versa. I also thought it was interesting you're, you're bringing up, uh, you know, some of these regions and that it was interesting. He said that the southern region of the United States was more dissatisfied with the quality of education than, you know, the northeast region, which which it was the most satisfied. So he said the northeast region of the, of the country had the highest satisfaction rate with the education system. And one thing that I think is interesting is, you know, it seems like a lot of the book removal proposals are coming from southern states. I mean, there was a, a report from PEN America, which is, you know, a free speech organization, uh, they, they call themselves. And they found that, you know, southern states like Florida and Texas saw the highest number of removals of controversial books. Do you think that that is playing a role in some of the you know, dissatisfaction that parents are having with the school system in their area? And is that a driver for school choice initiatives? Well, I, I think they play into each other. So I'll, I'll give you my take on this. So when you look at universal school choice, you see that it's a party oriented position. You know, 50 percent Republicans that are in favor of universal school choice by the according to the poll, 18 percent of Democrats are not. So when people talk about universal school choice, what are they really talking about? There's really three options. There's charter schools, there's homeschooling, and then there's schools of choice within the public system. Okay. Most of the opposition is charter schools. And, you know, well, why is that? Why would there be so opposition? Because nationwide, uh, about 10% of the charter schools are unionized. Okay. And we know that unions overwhelmingly support liberal democratic causes when it comes to political donations. Okay. So every charter school teacher that is created by an increase in, in charter schools means it's taking money out of Democratic PACs and super PACs, you know. So, you know, in, in Michigan, the state where I live, you know, only nine of the 300 charter schools are unionized. The other thing about universal school choice that I think is, that has happened is that uh, with the dissatisfaction of what happened during the pandemic and schools being closed. And that led to a lot of uh, disgruntlement among parents about what what type of education their children were getting in remote learning. And, you know, the National Home Education Research Institute estimates that there's been a 10% growth in homeschooling every year. So when, when you talk about the opposition to school choice, the thoughts about why they're against it are political because it's a Democratic versus Republican thing. I mean, if, if your schools are, if your charter schools are not going to be unionized, that means the less teacher dues going to teacher unions, and that means less political do donations to Democratic political candidates. So that's why the split is 50% Republicans and 18% Democrats. On satisfaction? Yeah, on, right? on, on not satisfaction, on universal school choice. You know, okay, why, yeah, why yeah. there's such a big gap between Republicans and Democrats when it comes to universal school choice. Sure. Yeah, that 50 percent of Republicans are support universal school choice. And I think, you know, that that you bring up the pandemic. I think that's interesting. That's what I uh, what's what I heard when I talked to Robert Enlow, who was uh, the president and CEO of uh, EdChoice. And he was just saying, you know, that that parents want these different kinds of education options and, and basically that this is here to stay in some form, even on on 
both parties. I think I, I brought up to him, you know, there are some Democrats who are saying we need to, and, and you mentioned this, that the public school of your choice, like that that is becoming, you know, sort of a more prominent talking point for for even Democrats. You know, they're, they're not supporting vouchers or public money going to private schools, like in, in some states, like we've seen that in Florida, and we've seen that in a number of of states this year of universal school choice bills and and sort of you know sort of like an explosion almost of of these kinds of things but he said you know the era of one size fits all education is dead so i'm just curious what uh, do you think that that looks like you know going uh, into the election what what are your thoughts on like what's driving the school choice push and i think we probably have to wrap up here pretty soon but if if you have any kind of final thoughts on on yeah, either poll. I, I think basically the pandemic has uh, created a lot more disenfranchisement with public schools traditional public schools that's led to more homeschooling and i think it's led to an understanding of wanting charter schools as an, uh, a choice to public schools also when i brought up the city of detroit i think people are in the city of Detroit, public schools have, have been a train wreck for, you know, 20 years and they've been getting more money and it's it's time for results or a different choice. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that even Mike Noble brought up that the framing of the issue of more options for parents, you know, and he, he said, you know, who doesn't want a choice? So like he said that the framing of the school choice debate does lean more toward Republicans. So that's a very interesting conversation that we had today, Tom, and I appreciate your time on this. That's all the time we have for today. Listeners can keep up with this story and all stories related to K-12 education at chalkboardnews.com. I'm Brennan Clary for Tom Ganter. Thanks for listening and please subscribe. Subscribe.